I speak Jesus. The name of Jesus truly carries power. Now I had the privilege to pray for people who were manifesting. And when they're manifesting, demonic manifesting, when they are manifesting, you think, you know, the name of Jesus, we kind of get used to that name, don't we? But the demons tremble when you say, I come against you in the name of Jesus, and they begin to manifest. So the name of Jesus is powerful. You might have heard it and your spirit's gone numb at the name of Jesus. But let me tell you, the evil spirit fears and trembles at the name of Jesus. He's not getting used to it because he knows that name is above every other name. He knows that name has conquered sin, has conquered death, has overcome every sickness. And that name has risen again and that name is still alive today just as he was alive 2,000 years ago. That's the name of Jesus. That's what we're saying. Speak the name of Jesus. Don't fall asleep on me. If you fall asleep, I've got some water. I'll sprinkle. <laughs> baptism. I'm a pastor. I can sprinkle baptism. Today we can't wait and sit for half an hour, 45 minutes to hear the word of God. Yet we are happy to sit and watch a movie sequel, a trilogy for three hours. Four and a half hours. Come on. Speaking the name of Jesus. So why do I speak the name of Jesus? I speak the name of Jesus because he has the power to transform lives. I speak the name of Jesus because he is alive and he still is saving lives today. I speak the name of Jesus because he is our hope. I speak the name of Jesus because he is our salvation. Amen. I said it last Sunday. Jesus is the game changer. Amen. When you invite Jesus in your life, he is the game changer. He changes you, not from the outside inside, but from the inside out. Amen. Our attitudes need to change. When my attitudes change, then my values change. My values, my behavior, and when my behavior changes, my destiny changes. Amen. So when we become Christians, everything changes. I'm not talking about religion when I say Christians. I'm talking about Christ followers. Everything has to change. Amen. Our motives have to change. Instead of going, what can I get out of you? I will go to you, what can I give you? That's the Christian gospel. It's not to take, but to give. Jesus didn't take, but he gave. So our motives change. Our priorities change. Amen. You know, I'm trained bachelor's in commerce, but but I never held an accounting job in my life. Never wanted to. Never want to. And I pray that I don't have to. But I only studied grudgingly to please my earthly father. But I ran into ministry as soon as I finished studying accountancy my brother postgraduate he was earning good money but when God called him into ministry he dropped everything and he went into ministry I'm not asking you to do the same but what I am saying is obey the voice of God your priorities change Nehemiah's priorities changed he was happy in the king's palace he was well fed well looked after good money 
but when he heard when he was praying and when he was seeking god sandra mentioned this morning god jesus moved with what compassion nehemiah the bible te- records it in nehemiah 1 that nehemiah moved with compassion when you're moved with compassion your priorities change amen these people that come and serve in the church and i'm telling you oh, look at lionel you think he is crazy to give his time every saturday morning to come and fix a few things here and there two to three hours every saturday is here you think he's crazy he's got better things to do than to come and do this no he realizes better is one day in your courts than thousand elsewhere the scripture scripture teaches us that you coming to church you're not doing me a favor <laughs> you're not doing me a favor oh, i'm doing you a favor no you're not doing me a favor you're doing yourself a favor yeah. why you're sitting under the teaching of the word of god you're fellowshiping with one another you are eating together you are also praying for one another and the body of christ is strengthened When you're serving in the house, you don't serve as a volunteer, serve as a servant of God. If you want to be a volunteer, go to SPCA. Because that's about convenience. I can't do it today, I can do it tomorrow. Okay, we will take you on roster. But Christianity is never about convenience, it's about commitment. Hello. Come on. Our priorities need to change. Amen. Remember Pastor Alex what do you stop to value do you value prayer do you value these things i better go on and our values change and from selfless selfishness we become selflessness yeah. amen from selfishness we go into selflessness it's all about me before christ it was all about me everything was about me but once i met christ it's all about him and his people amen selfishness has to change to selflessness a lot of these people that come early in the morning for those that don't understand i, I want to encourage you get into a team to serve get into a team to serve because when you serve the bible says he who refreshes others will be refreshed himself the joy in serving amen don't sit there and be earn uh, 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 knowledge alone and, and gain spiritual fat but use the spiritual muscle to serve yeah. the only time you don't serve god is when you're in grave in the grave yeah. if you're breathing serve god yeah. five amens yeah. if you're breathing serve god yeah. if you're breathing serve god yeah. turn to your neighbor and say if you're breathing serve god I'm looking some people are not even saying anything. If you're breathing serve God. You see we've been we've been anchoring this uh, with the overarching scripture from Colossians chapter 4 verses from 2 to 6. But just to, before we read that again, the background I want to give you, now Paul was writing to the church or uh, in, in 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 to the Colossians and he's writing from the prison and he is encouraging them, he's exhorting them and he's also warning them to be careful of the heresy This is a this is a new church that was born and now he's warning them from the heresy that's creeping into the church. 
Because now the church is also being impacted by the world just like us today. And he's warning them and he's saying be careful that you don't fall back into paganism. Be careful that you don't fall back into immoralities, into, into sin and all that the world offers. But he's asking them to not to fall in the trap of the philosophy of man. Can I encourage you? Philosophy of man can never supersede the theology of God or the truth of God. You might have brilliant ideas, but they're only good ideas. Amen. So he's warning the church to be very careful not to, uh, uh, to become self-sufficient, not to rely upon themselves and, and not to ignore the preeminence of Christ. Today we are in the same place. Jesus is there. I am here. Well, I know Jesus. I can say hello to him on a Sunday morning. Who is James? I don't care. I see him. We've become an event-based church. God never established church for an event-based. Everything Jesus did was birthed out of relationship. Amen. He dined with them. Hello. He dined with them. He walked with them. He fished with them. He did miracles in front of them. He, there was a strong relationship that he built. Everything we do has to come from relationship. Amen. See, I, I want to teach my children to, I don't do pastoring because I get paid or I have to do it to keep you happy. No, it's a privilege to serve God. But I want to teach my children how to serve God. Now the first thing is, if I'm not on fire for God, they will not be. And I don't mean that fire for God when I come to church. No, at home. At home, laying on of hands on them. Exercising the scripture on them and praying for them every morning before they go to school. I have to do that. Why? Because Jesus is really alive. If I don't teach them that, then they, they'll say, oh, dad's a bit nominal Christian. So then they'll completely walk away from God. Now, more than I do all these things, model it to them, I have to pray for them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And we've been talking a lot about not just mentoring, but modeling. If you see my mom and dad, we can't see my mom, but if you see my dad, you'll say, oh, Peter, you're like your dad. And in my behaviors, my wife was reminding me just yesterday or the day before, she said, I don't want that in you that I saw in your dad. <laughs> and so, see, my dad never taught me that, but because he modeled it, I modeled it. Are you with me? And because he modeled it, I modeled it. And the freaky thing is my son's modeled it. Yeah. And I'm going, I thought I cut it off. But I haven't cut it off yet. That's why my wife was reminding me. See, it's important for you and me to model gospel at home. It starts Acts 1.8 in Jerusalem. You will be my witness in Jerusalem at home. When we were in Christchurch, one of the couples that prayed for us, mentored us, beautiful couple, lovely people. They've been in one church for nearly 58 years now. And um, she used to say, Peter, remember, she used to call me Cheeky Darky. <laughs> I know, but it was all right. And um, she used to say, Peter, remember this. Don't be a prince on the stage and be a pig at home. It's true. It's true. 
I could be a lovely pastor at home, but could, could be an ugly husband at home. I mean, lovely pastor at church and a horrible husband at home. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm talking to myself. And I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, listen to yourself. <laughs> All right, we keep, better keep moving. Yeah. Okay, so philosophy of men. Don't think philosophy of men can creep in. Oh, a bit of God, a bit of world. No, 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 no. There is no white lie or a black a truth in Christ. Are you with me? It's very clear. I'm not being dogmatic, but I'm saying if you read the scriptures, you will understand the truth is what sets us free. So we got to be careful. And I said this the other day. I was catching up with someone. And I said, just because it's logical doesn't make it, doesn't mean it's not biblical. Or just because it's illogical doesn't make it biblical. You see, when we, when we look at, um, when we look at the, the guy that went to Jesus and, uh, and Jesus spits in the ground and he makes a clay and puts on people's eyes. To you, that's illogical. Who would want to do that? I'd rather stay blind than have Jesus spit on me. Especially COVID-19. Anyone wants a healing? It's illogical. Who would do that? Come on. It's gross. Hey, Eliza. But Jesus did it. Just because it's illogical doesn't mean it's biblical. I want to think on that. Just because it's logical doesn't mean it's biblical. It's logical to do it this way. I was talking to a broker and the broker said to me, the first thing I need to do is stop tithing. Because he said it's illogical. Why are you giving your money away? The world never understands. Amen. The first thing he said, stop tithing. Don't give your money away. And I'm going, I understand it, but that's okay. See, the world is saying, keep, keep, keep. But the Bible is saying, give, give, give. Hello? Anybody home? Yes. So, so we, you get it where I'm going with this. So the, Paul is teaching them. He's saying, Christ is your fullness. Christ is your sufficiency. Christ is your provider. Christ is your preeminence. So he's saying, set your mind on things above Put off the old nature. Come on. Put off the old nature. I was preaching in my brother's church um, last year when I was there. There was this man sitting there and he's looking at me. And I'm thinking, is it the same guy that I met 20 years ago? And he's sitting there thinking, is it the same guy that I met 20 years ago? And he came to me and he said, oh, everyone goes, oh, pastor, that was a great word. Thank you. And he comes, he goes, I just cannot believe it. You? Pastor, how did that happen? Sorry, Lord. So let you put off the old man and put on the new man. Amen. Before I was born again, man, my mouth brought some filthy words. But when I became a Christian, I needed to tame my tongue. Are you with me? Before I was born again, I need I will, I will not only filthy mouth, filthy mind, filthy habits, filthy lifestyle. But when I gave my heart to God, there needs to be a change. Amen. Are you with me? So Colossians 4.2. So let's look at the scripture here quickly. 
It says continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in, in it with thanksgiving. Continue in prayer, be alert and be thanksgiving. I want to say, how many of you pray for your families every day? Don't have to lift your hand up. But do you really pray for your families? And then he says, meanwhile, this is where we are focusing on. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us doors for word to speak the mysteries of Christ for which I'm also in chains. That I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Don't rub the salt in the wound, but seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So we're focusing on verse 3 today. It says, meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word. Yeah. Amen. God is the one that opens the door. And he's, Paul is saying, I'm in prison, but please pray for me that God will open a door for me to preach the gospel. How many of us pray like that? We pray like, I mean, I look at my kids' prayer list. It's all about themselves at the moment. That's why they're kids. You know, Christmas, it's all about themselves. That's why they're kids. Just like Joseph. I pick on him. And, and so, but when you grow up, you, 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 your prayer, he's saying, pray for me that God will open doors for me to preach the gospel. Yeah. Imagine if you come here, somebody, you know, that would be a privilege to pray. Somebody comes and goes, Pastor, please pray, pray for me. In my mind, I'll be going, okay, what do you want me to pray for you? You know, the house or the car or the health or this. No, pray that God will open doors for me. Wow. Wow. Seriously, it's a W-O-W. Wow. Imagine if we queue up and say, please pray for me that God will open a door so I can preach the gospel. Amen. So, week two. This is what the title is, by the way. Pray so I can speak Jesus now. Pray I speak Jesus now. Not tomorrow, not when I graduate, not when I send my children off to school, not when I get married, not when I get a full-time job, not when, no, I pray so I speak Jesus when? Now. Now, now is the time. Amen. God is asking us to speak. This is what Paul is saying. I'm paraphrasing it. Pray that I may speak Jesus now. So why must I share the gospel? The question is, why should I talk about Jesus? Why must I share the gospel? Once again, Sandra brought that up. So Sandra, you should have preached. It's a command from Jesus. Amen. He wasn't pleading. He wasn't requesting. He wasn't bribing. He said, it's a command. He is saying, what he's saying is, 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 okay, so before I jumped in, you know, I talked about that the gospel that calls us into holiness also calls us into missions. Amen. As you go close to God, God sends you out. We see that in Acts 2. They were waiting in the upper room. Holy Spirit came. It wasn't a good, whole, good old Holy Ghost party night. God didn't pour out His Spirit so you look cool. No. God poured out His Spirit so you become His witness. The word Acts 1.8, witness in Greek means martyr. A living sacrifice. 
That's what God wants. So God wants you to go out and preach the word of God. So Matthew 28, 19, the first word he says, go, therefore, and make what? Go, therefore, and make disciples. Now that's actually making multiplication, being productive, being fruitful, flourishing. Now right from Adam, Adam, yeah, he was Adam, right. Yeah, Adam. Adam, when God said to Adam, what did he say? Go and multiply. Amen. Now Jesus is saying, he's the second Adam. Jesus is the second Adam. And he's saying to us, go and multiply. Go and make disciples. Don't just talk about rugby, even though it was a useless game. <laughs> Don't just talk about the weather. Don't just talk about politics. <laughs> you know? Do you know Trump is for Biden to enter into White House soon. Forbidden for Biden. Anyway. You need... Yeah, anyway. Forbidden. It's funny. Anyway, discipline, right? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it says that teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even at the end of age. Jesus will never leave you. I want to tell you, Shohan, you're never alone. You are never alone. You stuff that you go through, you're never alone. He is with you. Physically, I can be alone when my wife goes out, right? But I'm never alone because the Holy Spirit is with me. Yeah. He's watching me. Yeah. He's listening to me. He's correcting me. He's adjusting me. He's saying, don't do that. Do this. He's always with me. Yeah. So he's asking, go make disciples. Your role and my role is to make disciples. Yeah. Amen. First Thessalonians 1. Is it 1? Two is four. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. Do you know you and I have been approved by God? <laughs> Mike, you are approved by God. That means the seal is on you. You are sanctioned to carry the gospel. Because of the blood of Jesus. Not because of how smart you are. Not because of your life experience. You are approved because of Jesus Christ. To be the light and the soul of the earth. You and I are approved because of the blood of Jesus on you. So why do I have to go share the gospel? I am approved by God. Moses was afraid to share the gospel. Moses was afraid to talk to his brother, Pharaoh. Moses was afraid, gave all the excuses, but God said, I've approved you. Yeah. I'll put my words in your mouth. Yeah. It doesn't matter what your education background is. It doesn't matter what, how much you earn, you don't earn. It doesn't matter your social status. What matters is you and I have been anointed. Hallelujah. For the word of God has anointed. He's anointed me to preach what? 
the gospel. You're anointed, Tony, to preach the gospel. You're anointed to shine the light of Jesus Christ to wherever you go. May it be Hawaii. I know you stopped going there. But maybe in Hawaii or may it be just across the road from your place. You are to be the light of Jesus Christ. Geography may change, but the calling never changes. India to New Zealand has changed, but the calling never changes. From here you go Asia, but the calling never changes. Me getting, you getting a job is only a byproduct for so that you can live here and earn money to, to provide for yourself. But the primary role that God has given you and I a breath to breathe right now so that you and I can live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So we are approved by God. So I want to read from 2 Corinthians 5.16-6.2. Corinthians Chapter 6 to 6, 2. And I want to break that into three points. God expects us to be transformed. That's the number one. God expects you to be transformed. Now it says, I'm reading from New Living Translation. It says, so when we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Amen. In a human point of view, let me tell you, you do not qualify, neither do I. Yeah? You don't qualify, I don't qualify to share the word of God. We don't qualify. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. There are a lot of people who think about Jesus Christ from a human point of view. He was a good prophet. He was a good prophet. He was a good teacher. He was a good social worker. But he said, how differently we know him now. Come on. Can you witness to that? Can you say, how differently do I know him now? He's not just a teacher. He's not just a miracle maker. He's not just a wine producer. He is the savior. He's the savior of you and me. This is what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he's saying, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has, to be, has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. If you've accepted Jesus, your old life is gone and your new life has begun. Amen. Amen. Sandra, why did you go Asia? Jesus said it. Simple answer. Really, in a nutshell. Amen, Sandra. Why did you go Asia? Jesus said it. Why do we be a pastor? Jesus said it. Why do you talk about Jesus? Jesus says it. Are you with me? It's simple to share the love of Jesus. We complicate it so much. So the first thing is God expects us to be transformed. Now when I gave my heart to God, I needed to be transformed. And transformed by renewing of the mind. Amen. How do I renew my mind? By reading of the word. When you transform, then your life can be poured out to others. See, my life is still being transformed. I still have issues and that's why God's put some people around me who will highlight it. Not to take a dig at me, but only iron sharpens iron. I am being transformed and I will continue to be transformed till the day I see Jesus or he comes back and say, high five Peter. I will be transformed 
but you and I are to be transformed, not to think the world, the world, the way the world thinks, but to think the way God wants us to think. Amen. Not to handle the money, not to handle the money that the world wants us to handle the money, but the way God wants us to handle the money. Come on. I want it, so I'll go buy it. Yeah, within your right, you want it, you can buy it. Who's going to question me? That's not the point. The point is, see my pitch, my high pitch going, my voice is going, hi. Oh. Yes, you can go spend money. No one's going to ask you. It's your money. It's your legal money. That's not even the point. The point is, do you need to spend that money in that way or God wants you to spend it this way? It's my money. I'll do whatever I want to do. Yes, you can. That's like Brock. Yeah. I'll be disciplined because we need to go. So I've got something here for you. Can you give me a hand? Put it in. How do I be transformed? You see... I have a do you want to hold this for me? I have a orange here. I'll be very quick. But when I gave my heart to God, I'm like an orange, right? You and I know this orange, it smells nice. It, you can admire it, keep it in the shelf. But this orange is meant to be eaten. Yeah. Right? You can only eat it when you start peeling the skin. Right? And I think the word of God, I'm just using this as an illustration, the word of God is like a two-edged sword. Yeah. Hebrews talks about that, not one-edged, two-edged sword. That's why I got two pokey bits. Okay? And the word of God will start coming and cutting away the flesh. Peter, don't think that way. That's insecure thinking. Peter, don't think that nobody loves you because everyone loves you. Peter, you don't need to perform to keep people happy. You follow me and they will follow me too. See, he's cutting away the flesh. Oh, I'm angry at Kara. Cut away the flesh. Now I love my wife. I can't stand. I won't name names. Trump. Cut away the flesh. Oh, I can't do it. I can't share the gospel. It's too much. I can't do it. It's scary. Look at the ogre looking at me. You know, I don't want to share the gospel. Peter, the more I sit in his presence, he's cutting away the flesh. The more he cuts away the flesh, guess what's in there? The fruit. You are known by your fruit. Not by the skin, by the fruit. Jesus has to come and cut away. Not only does he cut away that, and you know what happens after that? I'm going to make a mess, but that's okay. So he's cut us into half, fast track it a bit more. But he wants us to be poured out. The Bible teaches Jesus was poured out as a sacrifice. In the Old Testament... I won't have time to go there, but in the Old Testament, they sacrificed a lamb, a dove, and they poured the blood at the altar, asking for forgiveness. And your life and my life needs to be poured out. Jesus was poured out on the cross. He was crushed 
for our iniquities. Only when you get crushed the juice is what people enjoy. And we don't like to be crushed. Come on. We don't like to be. Who likes to be crushed? Nobody likes to be crushed. We're quiet. The more we are crushed, you see, oh, that's enough, Lord. Why do you pick on me? Why not my neighbor? She needs dealing with. Why did I marry this person that keeps saying, you need to see God more? How much more will you crush me, Lord? Look at me, I'm a pulp. I've got nothing left in me. You want me to go to church? You want me to serve? I go there early in the morning. They don't even appreciate me. I serve you so much. I've done it for 40,000 years. At least I feel like that. Why should I serve them? What? Look, you've already broken me, Lord. What else is there? Come on, somebody. He knows you more than you know yourself. God wants to crush that insecurity out of our lives. God wants to crush that fear out of us. God wants, just as you think you're done, there is more. And when you are done, hallelujah. Thank you. Then you're poured so that others can enjoy. <laughs> this is what we call communion. The blood of Jesus. By the way, this is nice. Is that all right? Yes. Does it make sense? Yes. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, anyone feeling sorry for themselves right now? Anybody? Anybody feeling sorry for yourself right now? He sees more in you than you see yourself. Come on. Hey. It's just like curries. Curries go on and on and on and on. You think that's a tiny curry. It fed 20 people. How did that happen? Jesus multiplied curry. It goes on and on. If you feel, I'm telling you, if you start feeling sorry for yourself, I'm not being mean to you today. And I'm saying you're in the perfect will of God. It pleased the father to chastise his son. The other meaning for chastise is correcting. English teachers help me. Reprimanding. Rebuking. He is chastising me. How long will you chastise me? Only he knows. <laughs> there are some things he doesn't want to answer. He will not answer you that anymore. Lord, Lord, where are you? He already answered here. He's busy answering Peter's answer, prayers right now. Because you didn't obey the first one. He said, but God, God, please, please, if it is your will, remove this cup from me. God never answered even Jesus' prayer. 
not my will, but your will be done. Moving on, point two, 2 Corinthians 5, 18, 20, it says, it says, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has God and God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. God has given you, please hear my heart. God has given you and me a task that is to reconcile people back to him. Amen. And he wants to do that through you. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message. Amen. Who believes it's a wonderful message? Jesus, it's a wonderful message. It's far more better than anything else. This wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are now what? Christ's ambassadors. Wow. Wellington has a lot of ambassadors from different nations. They represent their country. Their sovereign state. You and I are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. My goodness. If you want to be an ambassador, my God, let's sit under the word of God and allow God to touch us and transform us. And then we will be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. Now we are not perfect. None of us are perfect, but let's stop giving excuses either. Let's say, I want to be like Christ. God is making a him, his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back to God. Come back to God. Enough with your hurt. Enough with you sulking there. Come back to God. Enough with your worldly addictions. Enough with your love for the world. Come back to God. Isn't that wonderful? This message gospel is working. It works. We are to speak it. Two stories. Ananias. God gives him a dream and says, Ananias, I want you to go to a street called Straight. There's a man who is tormenting the New Testament church. Go lay hands on him and he will receive sight. But God, Ananias says, but God, God, wait a minute, wait a minute. That man is a killer of the church Christians. Talking about Paul, Saul. See, God goes before us. And he prepares the way for us. The Holy Spirit leads us. God ex expects us to be agents. So God wants us to be an agent. So for James, God already is working in his life. All I have to do is position myself as I hear from God. And God does the rest. I don't have to strive. God does the rest. Are you with me? God already spoke to Saul. He made him blind. And he's speaking to Ananias. Ananias says, no, wait a minute. He's a scary man. Basically, that's what he was saying. I'm scared to go. He might kill me. But he's saying, no, no, no. I've commanded him. He goes. Philip goes to the eunuch. The Holy Spirit says to Philip, go to the eunuch who is sitting in the chariot. He goes there. And the, Philip hears the eunuch's reading Isaiah and he goes do you know what you're reading he says I don't know what I'm reading how can I understand unless you come and explain it to me from New Zealand to Asia how can I understand it she heard the call she went amen you and I need to hear the call and we go we live in a broken society the harvest is plenty but the laborers are few it's not just my role to share the gospel your role is to share the gospel too 
Come on. I had the privilege to invite some people on August, December 6th. You know, last year when we did this, December 6th, we had about 260 people. This was covered. It was fantastic. We have an opportunity to invite people. I invited two people on, 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 on last week. People are looking for God. An amazing conversation. One I made cry. The other one, we had a good time talking about God. I did not orchestrate it, but you listen to the Holy Spirit. And I, I got to tell you, we got to pray for people. Because it takes, Holy Spirit has to convict that person. You can't. I can't. The Holy Spirit. So we got to pray first. Last point. Beautiful. Pray so I speak Jesus now. So he's saying, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of kindness. And then what? He's saying, Tom, don't ignore my salvation. Merv, don't ignore what I did for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. Chris, don't ignore that I am the one who saved you. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Value it. Love it. Live it. Share it. Don't ignore it. For God says, I just... The right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is, everybody say that with me. Indeed, the right time is now. now. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Can I have the worship team up, please? So the point really is, can you the point really is, we are going to put this as we enter into Christmas, if you clean. We all love gifts. Who doesn't like a gift? We all love gifts. The greatest gift that someone can give is their life to Jesus. Amen. The greatest gift that you can give that person is share the love of Jesus. That's the greatest gift you can give. Not a surfboard. Not a new barbecue. I mean, those things are important. It's good meat. But the greatest gift you can give Jesus is your life. The greatest gift you can give someone is the gospel.